Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 18th, 2017. My name is Phil Frostman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And today we are dealing with the fallout. I hope everyone enjoyed yesterday's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic Daily Draft Lottery Spectacular. It was our live Google Hangout of the NBA Draft Lottery show. We talked a little bit about the Magic, uh, where they've been, what their future is looking like, some of the players in this draft, draft, and then we watched the NBA Draft Lottery live and had an immediate reaction to that. This episode is all about the fallout. Coming up on today's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, the what it means to have the sixth pick and whether that's a good or bad thing for the Magic and, and, and try and put a silver lining on things. I know a lot of people were a little bit upset about it. Uh, and then I'm gonna and then uh, I have a, a segment that I did with Ack and O'Neill of 10:80 a.m. Sports Talk Florida in Orlando. So I'll play that as we continue to break down the fallout of the NBA draft lottery. And then I'm gonna close the show out with a little bit of a GM search update. There's a, there are some new rumors and some new news coming in about the coming out about the GM search that we should address or the front office search because it, uh, it may not necessarily be a GM but before we get going before we dive into the radioactive fallout of the lot of the lottery uh, I want to say a quick word from our pals over at SeatGeek. buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long long time it's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to and none of those older ticket sites want to change that but SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. I know I'm going to be out of town this weekend. I'm not going to be able to go to the Orlando City game against NYCFC on Sunday night. So what am I going to do with my tickets? I'm going to put them up on SeatGeek because I know they're going to get sold and they're going to get sold for a good price for me and for the buyer. Who knows? You might be sitting in my seats this Sunday. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert or to sell tickets to a game or concert that I just can't go to. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work and you save time and, most importantly, money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. That's what those green circles mean. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. If you have not done so already, get your $20 rebate on tickets by downloading the SeatGeek app, going to the settings tab and clicking and clicking add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOMAGIC, that's L-O-M-A-G-I-C, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app, and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. As I said, the NBA Draft Lottery, we're still kind of, the, the dust is still kind of settling from the NBA Draft Lottery. Of course, 
The Boston Celtics winning the lottery with their pick swap with the Brooklyn Nets. The Los Angeles Lakers coming in second. And the Philadelphia 76ers getting the third pick thanks to their pick swap with the Sacramento Kings. The narrative going around several Magic fans, at least in the immediate aftermath, is this just doesn't feel right. Or this this is not the way it's supposed to go. And I mean, I mean not even not the way it's supposed to go, but... When is it going to be the Magic's turn to have luck? Well, the Magic have had plenty of luck in their franchise history. I think a lot of people are a little bit upset that the Magic fell to six, but the the cold, harsh reality of it is that's statistically where the Magic were going to end up. The odds say one team will jump into the top three and push all the other teams, or a lot of the other teams, down one spot. It was the Magic who were going to get pushed. It, uh, it was among the Magic, the Sixers, and the Suns who all got pushed down by the Kings. I believe actually the Wolves and Knicks also got pushed down by the Kings as well. So this was kind of the cold, hard reality of the lottery. It is an imperfect system. But no amount of losing, no amount of doing anything else. I mean, Frank Vogel kind of believed in basketball karma. Nothing else was going to prevent this outcome from happening. It is sheer dumb luck. That was the whole point of doing hashtag one lottery per day for as long as we did it. To show how random each running of the lottery can be. And in this random running of the lottery and the official running of the lottery, the Magic end up with the sixth pick. I've been thinking more and more about this. Why do we get excited for the NBA Draft Lottery? Why do we build up our hope so much for this random event? I remember Zach Lowe of ESPN.com wrote when he was in the lottery room a few years ago, he's never seen so many people who try to control every variable of the equation. These analytics, analytically-minded people who look to stats to try and gain a competitive edge. And the fortunes of their franchise ultimately come down to whether a ping-pong ball with the number three or a ping-pong ball with the number four hops out of the drum. It is random. But the lottery does represent something important. And there is a reason we get excited about it. Because unlike other leagues where the team with the worst record is just gifted the top pick and rewarded for their ineptitude, the lottery gives those 14 teams even just a glimmer of hope that significant change is right around the corner. This draft class in particular is being hailed as one of the best draft classes in recent memory for the the NBA. The top-end talent isn't quite there, but there is a lot of depth in this draft class. And getting the number one pick in any draft limits the variables. It increases the chance that you're going to hit because you have the choice of everyone. You get your number one guy. 
And with Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball and, and all the other players at the top of this draft, certainly that is a significant asset to have. The Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers today are sitting pretty and very, very happy. Well, maybe not the Celtics because they got blown out in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals, but those fan bases are sitting pretty looking to their future. And that's the promise the lottery brought to the Magic, I think, and why people were upset about about the results of this lottery, unfairly, perhaps. This Magic team is in a hole. 29-win season. They haven't... They don't really have a defined future. They don't have a defined direction. And the roster looks like it's a dead end. As much as any team in the league, they needed this influx of talent. They needed this to go their way to begin changing that narrative. The ringer did a video that ranked the Magic as kind of the most hopeless franchise in this draft lottery. And certainly the Magic were one of the big losers of the NBA draft lottery considering the Lakers landed in the top three and they do, the Magic will not get that 2019 first round pick from the Lakers. But I'm here to tell you that hope remains. That the narrative can still change. And that even at six, the Magic are going to do just fine. As I noted on Tuesday's episode of Locked On Magic, the Magic feel very confident in their ability to get a good player no matter where they would land in the lottery. There is no sure thing in this draft. There's no sure thing in any draft virtually. But at the same time, there are still a lot of quality players and a lot of players who can help the Magic immediately and begin to change that narrative. Without any doubt, the Magic have to get this pick right in the in the big grand scheme of things. No matter where it landed, they had to get the, they have to get this pick right. It has to be someone who can contribute because, like I said, this lottery is about hope. And right now, the Magic are a team that is hopeless. Fans need a reason to believe in this team again, to believe in the front office, but to believe that this team is heading in the right direction. And the first place to start to begin moving in that direction is this draft pick. And so sitting at six, what are the options facing the Orlando Magic? Can they find that hope? I think they absolutely can. One of those players was in town Monday afternoon, or Monday morning. Dennis Smith Jr. has star potential in him. Explosive point guard, able to get to the basket, finish at the rim, get to the foul line. We don't really know what his jump jump shot looks like, but there's certainly signs that he can continue to improve as a jumper. That's something the Magic looked at carefully during his workout. A lot of people talk about Darren Fox. If he, he could be a top five pick, if he's there at six, He is an athletic point guard, kind of what we all wish Alfred Payton could be. John Calipari, no less, is comparing his speed to John Wall. And there are plenty of people who believe that Fox can overcome his poor jumper because of his speed and athleticism attacking the basket. 
Jason Tatum is a top five guy who could slip. There are there are scenarios that seem realistic that he could slip. Malik Monk is a fireball. Can shoot the ball, shoot the lights out. Best shooter in the draft, in my opinion. Jonathan Isaac is one of the biggest mysteries to me in this draft. But it is hard to deny that he has that star potential. That he has that potential to grow into a very good basketball player. Put in the right system, given the right, given the time to develop. He's got the physical tools, and he's shown at he showed at Florida State what he can be. He just might be a little bit of a bigger risk. And all these players have flaws. Smith is coming off a torn ACL and his team didn't win in college. Isaac is all potential. Who knows what he really is? Malik Monk is 6'3", maybe too small to play shooting guard. Darren Fox can't shoot. Jason Tatum isn't a consistent three-point shooter. Kind of works too much in between, in between the lines. They all have questions. There is no sure thing here. But I'm telling you, one of these players that the Magic is going are going to pick at six can develop into a star. This isn't a normal draft where falling out of the top three means you're not getting a star. This is the kind of draft where you get a player with star potential at six. And so it isn't the result we wanted, and it isn't the result that puts everything in the Magic's hands, gives them a lot of options. But this is still a favorable result for the Magic. Still an opportunity. The Magic are done relying on the lottery to give them their luck. That's what this whole rebuild has taught them. You can't rely on the lottery. For 25 years, the Magic relied on the lottery. And in the, five, in the last five years, it hasn't delivered. In the last six years now, it hasn't delivered. And so the Magic aren't counting on it anymore. And if they want to make their own luck, if they want to do what they all say they want to do, make the most of this pick. Because there is opportunity to finally bring in that star. And continuing to discuss the the fallout from the NBA draft lottery, I was on the Ackerman O'Neill Show on 1080 AM Sports Talk Florida in Orlando as well as uh, airing in Gainesville and Ocala. Check your local listings there at sportstalkflorida.com. Uh, Ackerman and O'Neill airs from 3 to 7 p.m. on weekdays in Orlando as well as Gainesville and Ocala. I was on their show to discuss the NBA draft lottery, the fallout, and the beginning to prepare for the NBA draft. So I'm going to play that clip for you here now. I think my, my plan was you know, for, to, to create positive karma by uh, not tanking and trying to win as many games as we possible, possibly could down the stretch when we were eliminated already. And uh, not resting guys and, and those types of things. You know, you uh, you uh, play through the basketball guys and hopefully you get rewarded at some point. Pick number six goes to the Orlando Magic. All of that played out last night. There was Frank Vogel's comments earlier in the week headed to New York and the Big Apple for last night's NBA draft lottery. Magic fans don't want to be there anymore, but obviously were. We're going to talk about it. We are Ackerman and O'Neill, Florida Sports Talk, the team. We are live on 100.1 FM in Ocala, 
uh, 92.1 FM in Gainesville and 1080 the team in Orlando. Brady Ackerman's up in Ocala. I'm Jerry O'Neill down here in Orlando. And we welcome NBA writer Philip Rossman Reich. Uh, he, by the way, got his legal degree at Florida. He covers the magic for Orlando Magic Daily. Dot com. Philip, good to have you with us. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm fine for Magic fans who may be sitting on the ledge, even at this hour, <laughs> hoping that they'd have maybe the top pick, maybe a top three pick, slotted to pick sixth on June 22nd. How disappointing is that? You know, it, it, it's disappointing in that uh, the lottery is just a time of hope. It's a time of kind of blind faith and hope and, and just believing that luck is on your side and, and, and for the Fifth straight year, luck was not on the Magic side. They continue to not be able to improve their standing in the draft lottery. But realistically, the odds said the Magic were going to land six. They had the greatest chance of landing six. Yeah. There's always the, the way the lottery system works. One, it, it kind of predicts that one team is going to jump up, and the Magic weren't that team this year. They got pushed down a spot to where the numbers said they'd land anyway. So uh, I think the Magic, as, as an organization, were probably prepared for, for this eventuality. It was the most likely thing to happen, and uh, they're going to get still get a pretty good player at six, even even though they didn't jump into the top I'm, I'm guessing a majority of our listeners, obviously, are pretty well read on the top players available in the June draft. Uh, six pick overall, who does that probably put in play that the Magic may be looking at? Yeah, there's still a lot of scenarios that, that could go that could go down. Um, but I, I think the three players that the Magic fans should probably have a, a close eye on are Dennis Smith Jr. of NC State. Uh, he was in town in Orlando for a workout on Monday, so the team's already met with him. Uh, Jonathan Isaac of Florida State and Malik Monk of Kentucky. I think those are going to be the three players that the Magic will put a lot of attention on uh, as, as far as what they can do with the sixth pick. They've all got their strengths, got their weaknesses. That uh, I, I would say Smith and, and Isaac and, and even Monk all have all-star potential if they, if they develop the right way. They've got some skills that could translate immediately to the NBA. Uh, and, and, and again, you know, we'll see what happens above them, but you know, Jason Tatum of Duke could certainly fall to them. Uh, Darren Fox was in that range at one point. And then another maybe dark horse guy to look at is uh, Frank Nicolina, and I hope I pronounced that right, from France. Uh, I know Magic fans are probably a little leery about foreign guys, but th- this is a really talented point guard as well that the Magic could, that the Magic could look at. Philip Brady Ackerman here. Good to talk with you, and uh, glad to have somebody on uh, to add some intelligence to this program this <laughs> afternoon with a Florida degree. Um, I want to ask about Dennis Smith Jr. The more uh, when I read that he worked out with the Magic the other day, I'm thinking, okay, I, I, I know that NC State's coach got fired. I know that they struggled this year. But this is a guy that had 32 and a win over Duke, and we know how good Duke is. I mean, and I watched Monk score 50 uh, on TV, and I've watched him in person. I've also watched Isaac for Florida State and covering Florida this past year. But that really stands out to me, uh, what Smith did uh, against Duke. Does any of what they did in college matter, or is it all about workouts? Uh, you know, I think what they did in college and what they do in games absolutely matters. Um, you know, obviously – when you're in a workout situation, you're, you're playing one on O. Uh, and so you, you're supposed to look good. It, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like if you don't look good in the workout, that's, that's a bit more of a red flag than anything else. Uh, these, the, the NBA scouts do a lot of homework. They watch as many games as they can, either in person or on tape. And they are able to pick apart every little bit of his game and figure out exactly what's going to translate to the NBA. And that goes for, for almost every player. 
Um, it, 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 game tape to me is by far the most important thing in trying to figure out what can this player do at the NBA level. There, there's only so much you can glean from a one-on-zero workout. Uh, you know, I know that the Magic, uh, through through what Smith said and what what Frank Vogel said about the workout, they were definitely trying to check, take a look at Dennis Smith's athleticism. Um, if you don't, if, if people don't know, Dennis Smith tore his ACL his junior year. He actually missed his entire senior year, and so last year was really his first time back playing basketball since. The injury, and so the assumption is that he'll continue to to get healthier and stronger, and possibly even better than what he was at NC State, where he averaged 16 points and six assists per game as really the only offensive option for what turned out to be a pretty uh, poor NC State team. Uh, 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 what 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 may not matter so much in college is is, is the final result. Yeah, it's a little concerning that NC State couldn't get to the, get to the postseason. But a lot of that was because Smith had the ball in his hands a lot. He had a, a usage rate, which means the possession either ended with him taking a shot or turning the ball over of 27%. So 27% of the possessions that he played, uh, he essentially made the final decision of the possession, whether taking a shot or, or committing a turnover or getting to the foul line. And even with that, he still shot a really efficient percentage. So that suggests that you can, give, you can put the ball in his hands and he's going to either get to the foul line or make a shot more often than not or score points. And, and I think that's a really positive thing for him as he tries to kind of put his team results behind him. Is there not a position? I mean, when I look at this team, and obviously you know it better than I do, I think point guard. So of these three guys, I would think Dennis Smith would make the most sense. Uh, Isaac, who I think is extremely athletic, and I know a lot of fans, uh, Florida State fans in our area saw this guy. Uh, he was terrific at times. They didn't get him the ball enough, in my opinion. Um, he's a forward. How does that fit in, if, let's say, that if, if Isaac's the pick? Uh, if Isaac's the pick, I think the Magic would kind of view him sort of as a, as a tweener 3-4. And, and I've honestly been a little bit of a proponent of having a player like that next to Aaron Gordon. I, I was a big fan of when Tobias Harris was in Orlando because Tobias Harris was really offensively uh, a, a, a three, a small forward, but defensively he was better guarding fours, whereas Aaron Gordon offensively is more power forward and defensively is better on the perimeter guarding small forwards. And so I think that ability to, to have – two forwards who are versatile like that and can switch really actually helps Aaron Gordon a lot and allows them, allows a team like the Magic to put Aaron Gordon on the best perimeter defender more often than not. And I think toward the end of the season, we saw the, the Magic saw some issues where they had to have Aaron Gordon in the post and, and couldn't put Evan Fournier or Terrence Ross on, on traditional power forwards. And, and so Gordon couldn't defend a LeBron James, for instance, like the, like the team wants him to. And so as far as fit goes, I, I do like the potential of, of matching Isaac and Gordon. I know Isaac's a little bit better of a three-point shooter uh, than, than Tobias Harris was, and certainly a better three-point shooter than Aaron Gordon was. So he could kind of play on the perimeter a little bit more. He's obviously got a ton of athleticism and a ton of talent. This may be a little bit raw, raw than, uh, than what Smith or, or Monk can provide right now. Our guest again is Philip Rossman Reich, a periodic visitor with us. Ackerman and O'Neill, Florida Sports Talk, the team. He uh, writes covering the Orlando Magic and about the NBA at orlandomagicdaily.com. Obviously, even similar, I think, to uh, pro football, as we get closer to the draft, there will be some juggling on these mock drafts, how much credibility you can put in one over another. Uh, But right now, it looks as though the top five picks in some kind of order would include Markel Fultz, the point guard, one-and-done freshman at Washington, uh, in some order, obviously, Lonzo Ball, the one-and-done at UCLA, and the dad baggage that might come with it. Josh Jackson, 
Uh, small forward played at Kansas uh, one year. Jason Tatum, small forward at Duke. Uh, and then De'Aaron Fox seems to be in that mix of Kentucky. If that left the Magic with the sixth pick overall, another kid, the one and done at Kentucky, can shoot the uh, daylights out of it. Uh, Brady talked about how he had a 50-point game as well. Malik Monk, what do you like about him? He, um, to me, Malik Monk is the best shooter in this draft. Um, you know, I know a lot of people like Laurie Markkinen, who's a center, uh, who can who can step out and hit the three. But but Monk to me is probably the one guy in, in this. It's probably the one guard in this draft who I know is a three point shooter. I know he already has an NBA skill, and and to me that's really important when you're looking at young players. It's what is your NBA skill? What can you contribute? Some someone immediately at the NBA level. And that, that to me, shooting is something that, that doesn't travel. I mean, or it doesn't go away. I mean, you either can shoot or you can't. Uh, and Monk is the kind of player, you, we saw it in Kentucky when, you know, even against Florida that one game where he just got hot. I mean, I remember I was watching that game specifically to watch Monk before heading to the arena to watch to go see a Magic game. And after the first half, Monk was struggling, and I, I turned it off, and I, I get, to, get to the arena and find out he scored you know, 13 points within the first five minutes of the second half and it had led Kentucky back into the game and eventually to, to a victory. That's the kind of spark that, that a player like Malik Monk can give you. And obviously the Orlando Magic needs shooting desperately. That's, that, that's, their one, that's their huge weakness on the offensive end. And so when you have a player like Monk who can just light the rim on fire like that, you have to, get, you have to give him a very, very serious look. And I, and I imagine the Magic will put him through, their pace, through his paces when he gets to Orlando and see if he can hit that NBA three-pointer. I think we say 50, but he did have a 47-point game in looking at all the game logs uh, against North Carolina. What's that? You can round up. It's about it what you have like to do. It felt like 50, Jerry. It looked like 60. Don't uh, let the, facts get in the way of a good take, Jerry. There you go. You got that for <laughs> sure. Where, where, do you think, where do you think the position of need with the sixth pick overall Let's project that all these teams make their picks. There aren't any trades on draft night for those picks. Where, what is the position of need the Orlando Magic have more than any other with those that they have under contract going forward? You know, I'm going to kind of give the cop-out answer. The Magic need everything. Uh, they need to take the best player available with this pick. Um, I, I think that there is a little bit of a logjam at the shooting guard position, which, which might leave you, you to hesitate to take Monk. But if, if the Magic feel that Malik Monk is the best player on the floor, and like I said, the Magic desperately need shooting, you move Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross to the, to the three or have them play some small forward um, to, to, to give Monk the opportunity to succeed and, and play. Uh, because the Magic are just, they need talent. I mean, this is a 29-win team. It's a team that seems to be going in the wrong direction. They need to get as good and as talented as they can get. And, and with this pick, this sixth overall pick, they need to take the best player available. Uh, I do think the obvious need is at point guard. Um, I think that's that's probably the place that everyone senses the Magic need need an upgrade. There's a lot of people who are kind of ready to move on from Alfred Payton, but even then, we saw toward the end of the season what Alfred Payton can do in this wide open style. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think the need is as dire where at number six the Magic need to take a point guard, whether it's Smith who can play, I think both one and both point guard and shooting guard, or uh, Frank Frank Nitilikina. And I, again, I apologize apologize if I'm butchering that name. Um, take take the, the French point guard, Frank Natilikina, um, to fill that need. I, I think that's the wrong approach. I think they need to take the best player available because they need help everywhere they can they can find it. Last thing for me, Philip, uh, and I believe it's a point guard league, so if you think he's the guy, you, you roll the dice with it and see there's more and more great point guards. What can you tell us um, about the timeline 
for the Magic GM search. I know you guys are all over it with regards to David Griffin from Cleveland. Does the Cavaliers run to the finals have anything to do with it? Um, what do you sense is happening with the GM search? Yeah, I, I think that the Magic are kind of in a holding pattern waiting to see what happens with, with David Griffin. Um, David Griffin, if, if people don't know, is the general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He is a free agent this summer. His, his contract runs out at the end of the season. And it looks like the, the Cavaliers, just they're, they're not ready to let teams talk to him yet. Um, it, it, I thought for sure they were going to try and get something done while they had this little time off before the conference finals. If, if they get, the, uh, if they get this, uh, this series with Boston done relatively quickly before the finals start on June 1st, it wouldn't surprise me if the, if the Cavaliers try and move and get a contract done uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, there, there was a rumor that came out earlier today that that is ready to make a big offer for him and, and, and negotiations are beginning to get a little bit more serious. Um, but the Magic seem to think that, they, that, they, that they're in the running for him. And so for now, they seem willing to wait. They seem willing to, to interview some, some, some of their secondary candidates, but wait and see if maybe the best guy on the market, a guy who won a championship last year and has his team in the conference finals and, and the heavy favorite to make the NBA finals once again, they're, they're willing to wait and see if, if he does become available on the market. That probably does crunch their timeline a little bit as far as their draft preparations. But on that front, it seems more and more likely that they're hiring a president of basketball operations and that Matt Lloyd, the current interim general manager, is going to remain on the staff as the day-to-day general manager for the team. And so he's going to have some input or be part of the team that eventually a, makes this pick, but eventually is going to be helping to rebuild this magic team. Philip Rossman, Reich, OrlandoMagicDaily.com with us. Last two questions. Uh, one of those, obviously the Magic not only have the sixth pick they get from that deal that sent uh, Terrence Ross here for Serge Ibaka, Toronto's pick, which is 25th overall in the first round. And then, being that they didn't get the help last night in the draft lottery, the Lakers allowed to stay in the third pick means the Magic don't get the Lakers' first-round pick in 2019 but they get the Lakers' second-round pick, which is the third pick in the second round. They also have the fifth pick in the second round. With the depth of this draft, do you think they have the possibility of you know, scoring more than one legitimate helper next year? I absolutely do. And, in fact, I expect the Magic to, to rely heavily on this draft to, to bolster the roster. And if you look at the Magic's cap situation, they have roughly – somewhere between 13 and $16 million of cap space. So if they're going to get better this year, it's not going to happen through free agency. They just don't have the funds to, to make that happen. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic are targeting kind of surefire contributors or, or, or kind of safer bets to contribute with some of these picks. They may take a, take a reach or, or, or make a little bit of a stretch with one of these picks. They may even try and package some of these picks to move up a little bit if there's someone that they really like. But I think the Magic probably view the 25th pick, view the 33rd pick, view the 35th pick as potential contributors and members of this roster next year that can help the team improve and, and, and kind of be part of the retooling that they're going to be doing this and summer. So let, I think, yeah, let's be honest, with the NBDL, the D-League, and the team as close as Lakeland, there will be much more opportunity to stock that roster, and then the new collective bargaining agreement allows players to come and go on a contract, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's the potential for two-way contracts now, now too. And so the Magic have every reason to, to, to take these picks very seriously. I mean, four picks in the top 35. Uh, the, the third pick and the fifth pick of the second round, you're getting first-round talent. Uh, 
with without the, the guaranteed contract maybe, but you're getting first-round talent and guys who should be able to step in and, and contribute down the road. So these are very big assets. Um, I, I, I kind of doubt, considering that the Magic probably still have a goal of making the playoffs sooner rather than later, that they're going to they're gonna use all four picks or that the, I, I kind of doubt that they're going to bring four rookies into training camp. But it wouldn't surprise me if they package these picks and, and make sure that they get a really good player uh, in this draft in addition to who they're getting at six. And, and so they may bring in two or three rookies that they expect to contribute and be a big part of next year's team. And we know you'll be all over it, even between now and uh, draft night on June 22nd at orlandomagicdaily.com. Thank you, Philip. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Philip Rossman Reich, orlandomagicdaily.com. We are Ackerman and O'Neill here. My thanks to Eric Lopez of uh, Sports Talk Florida, 1080 AM in Orlando. For having me on Ackerman and O'Neill, you can catch Ackerman and O'Neill on 1080 AM, Sports Talk Florida uh, in Orlando, as well as in Gainesville and Ocala. Check your local listings at sportstalkflorida.com. And of course, for the latest on that show, three, it airs 3 to 7 p.m. If I didn't mention that. Uh, for the latest on that show, check out sportstalkflorida.com. Going to close out the show now with an update on the other thing that's going on in the in the world of the Orlando Magic, and that is the Magic's front office search. A few Rumors coming out here as uh, the process is continuing. It is. It does seem very, very slow, and it has gone very, very slowly. But the Magic are continuing to go through this process of finding a new president of basketball operation. And it does appear that that's the model they're going after. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of The Vertical, the Orlando Magic had reached out to the Cleveland Cavaliers to get to schedule to try and get to request permission for an interview with Cleveland Cavaliers general manager David Griffin. To this point, the Cavaliers have kind of rebuffed all efforts to do so. They're not letting him talk to anybody. It does then feel like the Magic are in a bit of a holding pattern, if you will, uh, when it comes to the the, the front office search. They're not rushing into things because they want to talk to their top guy, which appears to be David Griffin. According to Wojnarowski, talks have not progressed very far. But a new report from Sam Amico of AmicoHoops.com or .net, I forget. Uh, AmicoHoops.net or .com. Um, it does appear that the Cavaliers are getting ready to make a, an offer to Griffin. Essentially what the big argument here is, is the Cavaliers are unsure how much they're willing to pay Griffin. Griffin wants to be paid like a top general manager which he absolutely should be considering the things that he's done with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, I know he has LeBron James, and that makes things easier. Still pulled the deal to get Kevin Love, which may have sound, sounded pretty straightforward, but he still did it. Um, he was part of the team that drafted Kyrie Irving. Uh, he has, with his team up against the salary cap, they've had no space to sign free agents. He has continued to improve that roster through trades and through very arcane arcane salary cap machinations. He's picked up some pretty sizable trade exceptions to help him pick up these players, and he's been very, very smart about managing and using the assets that he had. Think about what he did with Anders and Vergel. Think about what he did with Timothy Mozgov. He still pulled those deals off, and so if if the Magic feel like Griffin is their top guy, and to me with the names that have been rumored, Griffin is my top guy too, he's worth waiting on. How long you wait, though, is a big, big Big question. And it's not an easy one to answer. It does not appear that the Cavaliers are going to let him talk to anyone until after their season is over, 
which is very much the NBA Finals. The NBA Finals start June 1st. So if you're looking at maybe a turnaround of a week before the NBA draft, if that, to bring in a new president of basketball operations, get him up to speed on the draft, and have him make that final decision uh, on a very important draft pick. So if it is starting to look like the Cavaliers and Griffin are going to get to a deal, the Magic may need to pick up their process a little bit. That doesn't mean they're in a rush right now. We're still in the conference finals, and and the team is doing a lot of its own work still. They have interviewed a few candidates. Rumors have it that they're interested in and in, in perhaps pursuing John Hammond, who is the uh, general manager for the Milwaukee Bucks. He seems like he's close to being ready to step down. They've had kind of a succession plan in place. He's got one year left on his contract. He could be released from that and allowed to come to the Magic where he could run the team. And he's obviously had a, a, an up-and-down run in Milwaukee, but they're going in the right direction, and, and he's been in charge of that. Uh, the other name that's been, of course, bandied about is Kevin McHale, former Minnesota Timberwolves executive as well as a former head coach for the Timberwolves and the Houston Rockets. Knowledgeable basketball guy, kind of old-school basketball guy, able to integrate analytics as well. Had a fi- about a 500 record as an executive with Kevin Garnett, with prime Kevin Garnett in there, uh, but brings name value, brings some equity with him because he's a he's an NBA Hall of Famer, been around the league for a very, very long time, so certainly an experienced guy. And the other name that's popped up a few places is uh, David Morway, the former gen- the former assistant general manager for the Indiana Pacers. He's also worked for the Milwaukee Bucks, a, a very interesting name to bring up as well for this particular role. So the Magic are going through the process. Just because there's no news doesn't mean things aren't happening. Steve Kyler, Basketball Insiders, reported that the Magic have conducted a few interviews. They've conducted uh, uh, an interview with Matt Lloyd for the general manager job. And, and, and from everything I understand, it's looking pretty much like if the new president of basketball operations wants to keep Matt Lloyd and Matt Lloyd wants to stay, he will be the general manager of the Orlando Magic moving forward. I see no reason for anyone to get rid of him. Uh, before the draft, he is spearheading the team's draft operations and draft prep. He's as knowledgeable as anyone uh, for the draft. And like I said, this is a very, very important pick. So I think some continuity there would be very, very helpful for the Magic uh, in the short term, at least. So the GM search is continuing. Um, it, it, it is going slowly, but it is continuing. And I, and I think the Magic are kind of targeting maybe having a new president of basketball operations in place by the finals, hopefully they'll know by then whether the Cavaliers and David Griffin will get something done. It does appear that they, and even the Atlanta Hawks, are waiting on Griffin to make a decision, or for the Cavaliers to make a decision on David Griffin. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed the live uh, show yesterday. Um, put the audio up on the iTunes feed, on the iTunes Audio Boom feed uh, so hopefully everyone enjoyed that. I wasn't too visual. You can go onto YouTube, go to the Orlando Magic Daily channel on YouTube, just search Orlando Magic Daily, and you'll be able to find the video from our draft lottery spectacular. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. You can follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily and like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. That's going to do it for me today. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.